You're listening to Crow's Cast, a podcast by USF St. Petersburg's student newspaper, The Crow's Nest. This week, we'll be discussing politics. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Crow's Cast. I'm Trevor Martindale, Crow's Nest's managing editor, and I'm here with my co-host, Catherine. That's me, Catherine. Um, I'm the Crow's Nest news editor. This week is our political episode, and we have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate for the presidential election. Joe, it's wonderful to have you with us. Oh, so glad to be here. Thanks. So yeah, we're excited to get into this interview. We have a few questions for you, so uh, let's go ahead and get started. So our first question is, in what ways do you think that the libertarian ideology appeals to college-age voters? Well, the fact that we think that college-age voters know better how to run their life than any special interest or politician in a Washington can. And, you know, college-age students uh, or, or even just college age uh, voters, really looking at the trend, looking at the statistics, your generation is just naturally libertarian, that you believe that people should have rights. You think that people, and I, I hate to say you, like you as a person, I don't know what you believe, but statistically speaking, if you look at the numbers, uh, people of the younger generation believe, well, of course you should be able to own a gun, you know, if you're not hurting anybody and you're just defending yourself. And of course you should be able to use uh, marijuana or maybe even any other drug that you want if you're not hurting anybody. So it's very much a live and let live kind of attitude. And that's what the Libertarian Party has been trying to do for 50 years is to allow us to peacefully coexist and uh, live with each other as opposed to under a one-size-fits-all directive from the government. Uh, So one thing that you and the Libertarian Party in general has kind of espoused is uh, the idea that the federal government is like intrusive and overbearing. Um, But however, in a time of crisis like the uh, COVID-19 pandemic that we are in currently, Um, Many proponents of federalism argue that the federal government must be equipped to protect its citizens in in these times. So how do you think uh, or what do you think the government's role should be in moments such as the uh, pandemic that we're in? Well, for the people who think we need government to protect us, I would just suggest they go back and watch tapes of, of Trump and Dr. Fauci and look at the numbers, because what they will see is that Trump did not get rid of the FDA obstacles that allowed us to be tested. In fact, we diagnosed our first coronavirus case at about the same time South Korea did. But they quickly uh, almost eradicated COVID-19 with extensive testing by knowing who could go out but who and who needed to stay home. And so they did so without any lockdown. They didn't do any, they, they didn't have to shut down the economy. Us, on the other hand, we had President Trump up there with Dr. Fauci saying, if you don't have symptoms, you don't need to get tested. Instead, they lock all all of us up. We lose tens of millions of jobs. We don't know who has the virus, who doesn't. And by the way, they knew at the time, at least conventional wisdom from the doctors at the time, was that over half the people with the virus showed no symptoms. So that's when you need to get tested, is when you have symptoms. So to anybody who says we need the government to protect us, I would say the government did the opposite of that. They, uh, there were literally dozens of testing kits that were available that we could have used. The FDA and the CDA blocked them. In the beginning, we could only use two of them. 
Now, uh, they have approved more of them, but there are still testing kits out there that we're not allowed to use. The only way we know who's safe to go out there is to be tested, and it's the federal government who stopped that. And by the way, can I also suggest the ramifications, which is it was the federal government that because they locked us all down, we lost tens of millions of jobs, businesses have closed, people have lost their jobs and can't pay their rent, can't buy food. How is that protecting us? That's simply making things worse. Our next part is um, just kind of explaining your grievances with the two-party system and just kind of sharing your opinion on that. Well, well first of all, one grievance is that they're in power. They know that they're doing a lousy job. They don't want anybody else's voice to be heard. I'm on the ballot in every single state, all 50 states. That means every American can vote for me. And yet they kept me off the debate stage. And I can see why, because they don't want anybody to see there's an alternative. Now, that's with how they're handling this for the American people. Notice it's the Americans who are losing out because they don't know there's another choice, which is why I'm so glad that people like you are actually doing the media's job. And, you know, and this is what's so frustrating is the media, they don't have to agree with us, but I would suggest it's newsworthy to have somebody on the ballot in all 50 states that everybody could vote for. That's something they should be at least telling people about. Now, my grievance with them philosophically of how they run government. The way the Democrats and Republicans do it is they believe in a one-size-fits-all, where we all vote for one way of doing things, whereas the Libertarian Party says you should be able to be free to choose your own way. And let me give you an example. Let's take education. Let's say um, you want to have, you, you want to send your kid to a school with prayer and your neighbor doesn't. In the old two-party system, what you have to do is you have to battle it out. You each support your own candidate, you send in donations, you put up yard signs, get all your friends to vote for whoever you want. And then on election day, one of you is going to win and one of you is going to lose. And then that's the system you live under. What the Libertarian Party believes is that you should keep your resources so that if you decide you want to send your kid to a school with prayer, you can do that. And if your um, neighbor doesn't want to send, you know, wants to send his kid to a school without prayer, then your neighbor could do it. And so basically that's a system of voting with your feet and voting with your dollars. So rather than we all put our votes for one person and that one person tells us how to live, we each get to use our dollars to vote. And I would suggest that that's why there's so much um, dissension, so much polarization in this country, because we're all having to vote and agree on education, vaccines, healthcare, social security. I mean, what if uh, what if government said, okay, we're all gonna vote to see, are we gonna be vegetarian or are we gonna be steak eaters? And you can imagine how people wouldn't like that. How, how of course there's gonna be opposition to that, but that's what they're doing in every other area of our lives. So to continue with the whole theme of uh, the two-party system, uh, we, we've seen a lot of candidates for office uh, in either party kind of buck the orthodoxy of their party, such as Bernie Sanders in the Democratic Party or even Donald Trump in the Republican Party, where they've obviously caused um, an ideological shift and have had impact on their party's uh, ideology or platform yeah. even. Uh, so in terms of just like like your theory of change, why not join one of the two parties which are obviously favored in our le electoral system and then try to implement your uh, ideas through through that uh, avenue? 
because they don't believe in giving voters the right to make their own choices. Both of them believe that people in Washington should be making decisions for us. Neither, neither political party thinks that we should be making our own choices. This is kind of, kind of in the same theme. Why do you believe people should not vote for either Biden or Trump? Well, I mean, they, they should vote for them if that's what they want. And to a Republican voter, I would say that I understand why you voted for Trump in 2016. He came in as an outsider. He said, I'm a businessman. I know how to balance the budget, cut spending. Uh, I'm going to do all of that. And by the way, I'm going to bring the troops home while I'm at it. And yet he did none of that. In fact, he increased the deficit at a faster rate than Obama did. He's, we've got a bigger debt than under Obama. So what I would say to a Republican is, hey, if you want a deficit and spending bigger than Obama, go ahead and vote for Trump. But if that's not what you want, if you want a real outsider, then vote for me. And as far as the Democratic Party side, I would say, you know, um, the Democratic Party is not the one that I grew up with. In the 1960s, the Democratic Party was anti-war, pro-free speech, uh, pro-little guy. And now they are none of that. And, you know, they muzzled Tulsi Gabbard. She was the only anti-war voice up there. And they wouldn't let her on the debate stage. They practically bought Bernie off. And by the way, even speaking of, you know, just the politicians that people have liked, like Obama and uh, Hillary Clinton to some degree, back in 2012, both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton thought that gay marriage should be illegal. And you know, it's like, where's the Democratic Party on that? Aren't they supposed to be for the little guy? The uh, Libertarian Party has been saying since its first election that it ran in, in 1972, that everybody should have the right to get married, uh, gays included. So uh, if, 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 if you like the Democratic Party of today, if, you, if, if Joe Biden was your first pick, and uh, you don't think that the Democratic Party shoved him down your throat and chose him for you, then vote for Joe Biden if, if he is really the person you want. But if you liked Tulsi Gabbard's anti-war stance, if you liked Bernie Sanders' idea, if you liked Elizabeth Warren's ideas, then is Joe Biden really the person you want to vote for? Okay, so that's pretty much it with all of our like main questions. But now we're just going to be entering like a quick lightning round. I'm just going to be saying like a policy or a position, and then I just want you to give me like a brief, you know, thought on it or what you how you'd approach the issue. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. You do realize I'm a college lecturer, right? You're asking me to be brief, but yes, I will try very hard. <laughs> of course. Um, so uh, first, uh, ranked choice voting. Oh, absolutely in favor of it. It should be in every state uh, for every election, in my opinion. Okay, um, public funding of elections. Public funding of elections, yes, but not public funding of, you know, matching funds, of primaries, and anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, uh, the Libertarian Party, where the law allows us to, we choose our candidate through uh, a convention, and we don't use public funds to determine our candidate. So I would say, you know, if the Republican Party uh, wants to have a hold a primary in which they decide who their candidate is, let them pay for it. Let the Democratic Party pay for their own, just like we pay for ours. Now, the general election, yes, that's fine uh, to have the government pay for that because 
that is the government's job of, of, you know, determining who the winner is. However, again, no matching funds. Okay. Um, and then also another one, abolishing the Electoral College. I'm in favor of the Electoral College. When I first joined the Libertarian Party, uh, one of the sayings that people would say was the definition of democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for breakfast. And I think that that's what we can get into with a simple democracy. I like our represented democracy, our republic much better. Uh, because again, I don't, I don't want five cities determining who's president. I want the entire country to have a voice. Okay, um, student debt cancellation? No, for two reasons. First of all, it's not fair to those who worked through, and I'm not sure if you saw Elizabeth Warren's, that tape of the father going up to Elizabeth Warren saying, look, I took a second job to put my kid through college. And um, meanwhile, my neighbor took out student loans. They bought a new car. They went on vacation. Um, are you going to give me money back? Because uh, I worked so hard to fund it myself. And she said, no. And, and that's not fair. But also... The average college graduate makes more money than the non-college graduate. And the latest statistics I've seen is it totals about a million dollars over a lifetime. So my question is, why should truck drivers and cashiers and electricians be paying for the college educations of doctors, lawyers, and accountants? They're the ones making the extra money they can pay for it. Okay, and last one, uh, universal basic income. Against it. Um, all right, well, I think that's all we have. Well, again, I mentioned one quick thing here that I didn't mention it. 75% of our volunteers are from outside the party. So a lot of people are unhappy with uh, the two old party system. And anybody who's interested can go to joe20.com. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It was awesome to talk to you. Thanks.